Are you like me? Prone to outbursts? Angry at unexplicable things? Well, I have a solution. Hi there. I'm a corporate shill. And for as long as I can remember, I've been prone to emotional outbursts. Letting out insufficient amounts of rage. Built upon by talk shows being cancelled. Scars from plastic giraffes. And of course, the occasional I just need to shout. And I know, and you know, those vulgar, violent actions? It's not the way to live. So, through the work of various months and years of research, I have discovered and developed the Bad News Bear. Now, I know what you're thinking. Connor, rage is inevitable, and that's not good. Now, I'm aware of this. Through years of research, we have developed the stereo-tested Foley Unified. Yes, the S-T-F-U. Don't get confused. As by simply recording into the very well-tested microphone of the bear, you can plant all of your rage inside said bear. God, just let me sleep! Riveting. We offer a wide variety of comments, including, but not limited to, out-of-context vulgarness. Pineapple should be allowed on pizza! Blind rage. Drop! Follow me everywhere! Help! Just pain! <coughs> so soothing. What did that mean? I don't know. But do we need to know? No. Just listen to those testimonials. So yes, if you're like me, and you wish to be a changed man, please invest in the Bad News Bear. Now all you have to do is just call 0800-BEAR-WITH-ME. Now say it again, 0800-BEAR-WITH-ME. And with that, good night, and bear with me. the mic still on dude just just turn it off but nobody's meant to see this bit what why are you running just get back here I all I want is the microphone just just don't you dare go across that damn bridge what did I say hey go get back here I will fight you on the moon episode of the Wrestling With Fiction podcast, we'll be discussing Bad News Baron, why I think he could have been a great baby face, what potential current feuds could he have had, and where on earth could he have gone? Now, tell your friends, tell your friendliest friends about tonight's new 
an exciting edition of the Wrestling with Fiction Podcast! Hi! Uh, this is a whole different format for this week. Uh, hi everyone. If you're new to this podcast or you've never seen this before, usually I talk about current wrestlers. For whatever reason, I'm changing it up this week. We're talking about Bad News Barrett. Why Bad News Barrett? I don't know. I just wanted to talk about Bad News Barrett. Prerequisite with this, uh, we're not going to be talking about the Nexus equivalent of Wade Barrett back in 2010. This is mainly going to be like 2013, 2014. Uh, so, for the basis of this podcast, this is all just going to be talking about all the random feuds and ideas I would have liked to have seen Bad News Barrett have. Of course, like, you can't push everyone to the top. I understand that. But for me, this is just me thinking, creatively, what the hell could you have done with Bad News Barrett? I don't know. They don't know. So let's make some! Now, you're probably wondering why I'm talking about Bad News Barrett instead of The Core, or The Nexus, or, I don't know, FCW Wade Barrett. Who really knows? Uh, basically, I realised if I kept doing current wrestlers, I was going to run out of ideas very quickly, so I thought I'd go to the memory banks for this week. So, the reason why I'm picking Bad News Barrett this week over The Nexus, per se, is more of just because I feel like Bad News Barrett was a much more complete package than the Nexus Barrett. We can go into the uh, the Nexus Barrett if you guys feel interested about that and this format goes well. All of that aside, yeah, I feel like the Bad News Barrett gimmick could have been, you know, a much greater use of opportunity. When I look at Bad News Barrett, my first thought was... Why wasn't this a babyface gimmick? <laughs> like, come on! We, the Miz had a babyface gimmick for a bit, and it was just him slightly altered. Like, when Bad News Barrett came out, it was just, I'm afraid I got some bad news. I still remember the WrestleMania, I think it was the night after WrestleMania 30, where he came out and you just heard JBL say, Hey, there's our guy! And then you had... Everyone start chatting the BOOM and Bad News Barrett because, I don't know, he's a cynical Brit. People should like cynical Brits. I, I just think, plus with that and the Bullhammer, I feel like the Bullhammer could have potentially been in a similar vein to the RKO, you know? Like, the Bullhammer, if you've... Watched like a bunch of Wade Barrett matches back in 2013, 2014, which is kind of what I did for this. Kind of yes, kind of no. It was such a weirdly creative finisher, because like the RKO, you could kind of execute it anywhere. It was literally just a forearm strike. Plus, I remember just seeing it in like the 2K games, where it's just sort of like, you push him up, bull hammer! Oh, he's at the turnbuckle, bull hammer! Bullhammer, bullhammer, bullhammer! It's all just a load of bullhammers. I really like that finisher. So, yes, a lot of this stuff is gonna be me talking about how I would have wanted Wade Barrett to be a babyface for a bit. I'm just gonna say that now before we go on to the whole who would I book a babyface Wade Barrett with? Because, you know what? 
I like Wade Barrett for what he was. He was just kind of, even in his heel gimmick when he was the IC champion and having probably the run of his career. It was just, I'm afraid I got some bad news. And I feel that could have been a much more over gimmick if he was a face. Hell, he was being like cooperated with Triple H. And uh, my mind is going blank all of a sudden. Uh, yes, mainly Triple H, where it was like, oh, Dean Ambrose, you need a person to face? Well, we've got Bad News Barrett. Why not bring in Bad News Barrett? That's a cool idea. And this brings me on to, since we may as well get into it, because I feel like I'm rambling. People who I think Wade Barrett could have feuded with in the Bad News Barrett gimmick. Because if you don't know the Bad News Barrett gimmick, it was literally just Wade Barrett shouting, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Sometimes having a cheeky little gavel and standing on top of a podium. And just saying, you know, you know the WWE bad guy promo, which is, This town sucks. I'm from another country. I'm better. And that was Wade Barrett as a heel as Bad News Barrett. To be fair, it worked quite well. I thoroughly enjoyed him as a heel. Like, with his feuds with Rob Van Dam, where... Well, not feuds, more like a feud when he was Intercontinental Champion. And then he just hit him with a bull hammer from behind. And then got a huge crowd pop from everyone in the UK. Because... We need someone. We have it now with McIntyre, but I feel like we were robbed of a... Like, top guy in Wade Barrett. Don't judge me. Okay, I've went on a tangent again, so... We're going on with this, so we're going to start with feud number one that I think could have been quite nice to do. Uh, I don't know why I think this. Money in the Bank Seth Rollins. Remember that 2014 phase where Seth Rollins was holding the Money in the Bank briefcase? Remember all the times that I was previously mentioning Wade Barrett constantly being asked to face Roman Reigns or Dean Ambrose by Triple H saying in a British accent, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. It begs the question to me, why wasn't he part of the authority? Like back when that whole faction was a thing because they had Seth Rollins, they had Kane, and they had J&J security. Why not add another big man in there? Okay, maybe you could have argued the Big Show was in there, but he was kind of on and off. But, like, Wade Barrett was already kind of being used in the first place with this group. Why wasn't he sort of, like, there? And, like, used more with it. I understand that he was injured and he was gone for a majority of the year until he came back around. Uh, my mind is going blank here. I'll say around near the end of TLC. TLC 2015. That's the year. That's the year that Wade Barrett was there and he came back and he beat Dolph Ziggler for the IC title. That's when that happened. Maybe they could have gave him like a gimmick of the foreign officer or something like that. Or maybe if you want to go with an old nickname, no Constable Bad News Barrett or Bad News Barrett Constable. I don't know. That sounds really stupid now that I'm saying it. And you could have built this whole, maybe, story around how nobody really seemed to like Wade Barrett. Or at least from the authorities' perspective. Because when you go with the background of Wade Barrett, 
and him not really being a babyface, like, at all. Except maybe in the UK. You could build this kind of really cool story with Bad News Barrett just kind of saying, I'm afraid I've got some bad news, and just sort of embracing that, because he was getting cheered for a while for it. Even then, he had stuff like The Boom, where he was just, like, doing the ball hammer to the crowd. That was quite cool. Like, those little things that you kind of have an inkling of a babyface character you could build. And I'll admit this, part of this whole idea of Wade Barrett being a babyface was all kind of built on me, like, looking up some YouTube clips. You guys can look it up in your own time. But it's the, it's the stuff that isn't really recorded on camera during the raw UK shows. And all of them that I saw around that sort of 2012-2013 period kind of all revolved around Wade Barrett and him, like, being the most genuine I've ever seen him in character, be just sort of thanking the fans, you know, giving a little bit of sort of, like, English dialect here and there. I don't know, I felt like that it felt so genuine that I think he could get over with a US audience if he just conveyed that to them. Now, I admit I've gone off-tangent of why I think this would be a good fit for Seth Rollins in a few during that period of time. If you look back at sort of Seth Rollins' whole run with the Money in the Bank briefcase, it was all around Dean Ambrose, and then over time, when that feud sort of dissolved, he was in the Survivor Series bit. So, my thought process with this, because literally the minute after that, Seth Rollins doesn't really have a big major feud until Royal Rumble, so you've still got a good month until TLC. What could have been done potentially is that if you got rid of, hypothetically, maybe Rusev in that Survivor Series match, added in Wade Barrett, you could have had this sort of storyline build up around just sort of how nobody really respects Wade Barrett. Like, he's just a catchphrase of just bad news, Barrett. Like, I'm afraid I've got bad news. I've said that multiple times. That would be a really bad drinking game if that was the thing. And with it, you can start getting Barrett organically over and get the sort of chants louder. Maybe we'd get a, I don't know, Barrett, Barrett, Barrett. I don't know what bad news Barrett's chant would be. But just sort of him, maybe not like losing confidence in the way that he's kind of like being bullied, but him just sort of, you know, starting to stand up for himself a bit and turn that sort of, I'm afraid I've got bad news from being a thing that's aimed at the crowd, but aimed at the, aimed at the authority as he becomes the bad news of the authority. I feel like, especially with like J&J security, you can have like a bunch of these spots where Seth Rollins is just sort of ru running on, like, a wild goose chase, and you just see, like, Bad News Barrett hitting, like, bull hammers left and right as he's chasing after Seth. Like, after all of the, like, abuse and torture he may have gone through from being in the authority of just sort of, like, being undermined by Triple H, undermined by Seth Rollins. And heck, in this point, in, like, Seth Rollins' career, you wouldn't really have to have him lose here. If this is, like, a feud, say, at TLC, where Seth Rollins wasn't really doing anything major, because that was all built around Roman Reigns' return, you could totally have, like, a singles match between Seth Rollins and Wade Barrett, build up Wade Barrett as kind of a babyface character, and also, with it, 
because I feel like it'd be fun considering Seth's tendencies around this time, like with the RKO being, the curbs not being counted into an RKO, do that with the ball hammer. Like, I can just imagine back when Seth Rollins used to do those, like, springboard knee strikes to people. Having that be counted into a ball hammer, maybe even adding maybe, like, a winds of change spot in there. You could certainly do a lot of stuff pl- stuff around that sort of dynamic. Plus, at this point, you kind of got pure chicken S-word heel Seth Rollins. But this... You could kind of, with like J&J security there, start building Wade Barrett as kind of this, I wouldn't say cocky baby face, but you know, that sort of like British, like cynical type of baby face, because he's just got that face, you know? Like back when you just see like Bad News Barrett give that sort of like cheeky like laugh, like I don't know what it is, it's like, ha ha ha, I've probably got that completely wrong and I'll be freaking roasted for it. That kind of just sort of like cheeky grin type of thing. Because like, his whole gimmick before that was being a bare knuckle brawler. Like, you could totally have Wade Barrett as this kind of silent killer babyface. Just sort of like, acting out his revenge on the authority. And with that, that brings up another thing that I found with the live event stuff. Which has kind of fueled the Seth Rollins thing. Triple H! Now, this may sound odd to a lot of people. Triple H, I don't think he was really wrestling in 2014. He had that one big match with Sting. But I would... I would personally feel intrigued if they would do... The Sledgehammer... Versus the Bullhammer. I don't know, that to me sounds like a really cool idea. Like, if you really want to get over the Bullhammer as this super destructive move... Have it sort of like clash with the bullhammer. Because, I don't know, the bullhammer and the sledgehammer, you could kind of do it. It's wrestling. You can you can suspend disbelief for a certain extent. And imagine how like surprising and off guard you would be if like if this is a hardcore match. I don't know what pay-per-view you would do this at around this time period. If you don't want to go with Sting versus Triple H, maybe at WrestleMania, I don't know. You can have this big spot where, because I'm assuming this is sort of like a bad blood feud, because it's bad news for Triple H. He gets out his trusty sledgehammer that, if you were there in 2004, you know the dangers of a cheeky little sledgehammer. Just have Wade Barrett just, like, clash with it with the ballhammer, and maybe... Maybe it's a gimmick sledgehammer and it breaks off and you just have this like look of shock and disbelief on uh, Triple H's face and Wade Barrett just sort of smiles and then they proceed to go into this like final sequence where it's them dodging each other's finishes like the bull hammer coming out of nowhere. Uh, the sledgehammer being put out of the equation. You can have all the authority come down, like Kane and the Big Show, and just see him, like, hit them with multiple ball hammers, because, you know, they're bigger guys. You need to do something with that. I just think, with it, you could build this thing with, like, Triple H now being the CEO of, like, WWE at that point. Have it be just sort of, you tried to take over this company before, and you failed. I brought you in 
because I I felt sorry for you. I felt bad for you. And all you did was betray my trust for these people. The people that never trusted you, never believed in you. All because you started giving a really... I was about to say catchphrase. But yeah, you get the point. Catchphrase, couple things, maybe a la Stone Cold Steve Austin. And you can do the whole odds stacked against it with Wade Barrett, but give it a little bit more credibility. Like, with a, compare it to, say, the Daniel Bryan feud. The Daniel Bryan feud was more based around Daniel Bryan being an underdog. And just sort of overcoming the authority. Barrett used to be, in this headcanon, in the authority as this sort of heel character. He knows all of the gimmicks and tricks that could come in with this. And you can just have Wade Barrett just wreck shop. I think that would be kind of cool. Like, maybe you can harken back to the old Nexus days. Maybe you can have Heath Slater involved in this. Like, he has to take on all of his former Nexus buddies that are there. Maybe have a returning Daniel Bryan at this point, because it's the Royal Rumble period of that time, around sort of WrestleMania 32. Maybe you can bring back the risks of concussions. Maybe add a little bit of sympathy for this. And Brian's just telling him, do not hold back on me. I know how badly you wanted this. Because I wanted this too. And just build this sort of conflict between them. That eventually just sort of leads him to Triple H. Like, he forced him to take out all of his former running buddies. And he eventually has no one else to turn to because, you know, at this point, he's never been a babyface. Who does he have who can be his ally? And I know this is WWE and you can have a lot of these babyfaces just sort of come together for, I would say, inexplicable reasons or unexplainable. That's a better term for it. But yeah, you could sort of build this thing as Barrett kind of being this lone wolf British guy. Because, let's face it, in these times where it's usually like the foreign heel is usually someone who isn't from the US, you can kind of take that angle, but put it in a babyface character. Because, let's face it, you can make this I'm afraid I've got bad news into, into like a catchphrase for I will fight anyone. And with like the background that's sort of like been built for the past several years. I'd say years with his character up to that point. I think that's pretty believable. Alternatively, because I realised all of these were high-profile feuds. What about The Miz? I feel like The Miz would be a very good fit for Wade Barrett, just for the promos. Like, it's no secret The Miz has always been a consistently good talker, even during this point. Because this is slightly before uh, The Miz's you know, SmackDown Live, Talking Smack, IC title run. And plus, there was that period of time where The Miz was the Intercontinental Champion. Like, you can talk about sort of Wade Barrett's history with NXT and how The Miz watched him sort of evolve from being this random guy on the roster in NXT to Bad News Barrett a walking catchphrase, a a suddenly charismatic guy, and maybe you can say it's all 
maybe you want the mist to say it's all because of him. Because at this point, he's the movie star guy. He's... He's the man who's completely self-absorbed with himself. Why wouldn't he credit himself for creating Bad News Barrett? And sort of establishing this kind of no-nonsense baby face that we kind of have in this headcanon at the moment. Wade Barrett, as a character, has always been this leader to some extent. Apart from apart from maybe the League of Nations, which comes later, so we can skip that idea. His whole gimmick has always kind of been that he's been the leader of factions. And when he's been on his own, he hasn't quite got the big one, so to speak. So that's what this feud could be based around, is how The Miz thinks that Wade Barrett, or Bad News Barrett, depending on what you'd want to call him at this point, has always needed a group to get him over, and to get him to win. And this whole thing could be a way of sort of proving, or at least to Bad News Barrett himself as a character at this point, that he can win on his own. You don't have to make him, like, lose constantly at this point, but just add that sort of layer of doubt with him. Because then you add this flaw to his character that can in turn be benefited into matches in the future, and in turn, you also create The Miz as a little bit more of a credible threat. Which you could do at this point with him being the IC champion, and you know, you don't even have to have Wade Barrett win the title at this point. I know... It's usually common to have a DQ finish, but I feel like with this type of character thing, it's perfectly fine if you do so. Help slide Wade Barrett into this sort of DQ finish, then have him in, instead of making SummerSlam at that time, uh, Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz, make it a triple threat match and throw in Wade Barrett and have this sort of conflict be thrown in there. And... Sure, maybe the whole thing with Wade Barrett stuff isn't resolved, but he can play a big part in The Miz losing the Intercontinental Championship and sort of keeping stuff as it was with Dolph Ziggler winning the belt at that point. And in turn, with it, you establish Wade Barrett as a much more credible threat and him gaining confidence. And maybe the chants get a little bit louder, or... Maybe the bullhammer is suddenly seen as a much more credible threat. Anything to sort of establish Wade Barrett as a much more likable character. Because all the other stuff that I've suggested before this, there hasn't really been an opportunity to establish who Wade Barrett is as a babyface. Or who he is as a person. Because that's how babyfaces tend to get over. Is showing a little bit more of their actual personality. Like, the best characters... And usually the stuff that showed me why I think Wade Barrett could have been a babyface is themselves turned up to 11. All you have to do with this is maybe show some of the live event footage of him being grateful to the British fans or maybe even to some US fans as well. Like little things like that really plan ideas in the audience's head that this guy is a likable guy. With that in mind, I realise that a lot of these suggestions I've done 
have all been him as a baby face. And admittedly, that's me kind of being pretty selfish and wanting to have that baby face run that I feel we never got. Because part of me still wanted to believe the thing he said in that live event clips. You can look it up where he said he'd be the first UK-born world champion. And honestly, that makes me feel sad. That makes me sad, sort of like watching that. Because even in the promo, I kind of believe him. Like, oh, I want Barrett to win. <laughs> but then I remember, oh no, he didn't win. <laughs> so, let's keep with the bad news Barrett gimmick here. But let's keep it with, canonically, what he was at this point. He was just a heel through and through. A suggestion that I have is one that I don't think was really established much, but people at the time were kind of taking this idea and running with it. Put Wade Barrett down into NXT. Have him feud with Sami Zayn. Now, at first, this seems kind of uh, far-fetched, right? Sami Zayn, at this point is sort of slowly building himself up as that organic babyface. You know, he just probably came off that feud with Cesaro. He's probably heading into a program with Neville at this point. Why on earth would Wade Barrett go down to NXT? For that exact reason. NXT is a completely different place from when he first went there. You can build this whole Bad News Barrett thing in a kind of more serious direction by having him go down to NXT. Because what was NXT before Wade Barrett was called up and formed the Nexus? It was this almost reality show style thing for creating this next breakout star. And what was that really? It was just a bunch of competitions and points and voting systems. Wade Barrett as a character, was humiliated. And sure, it gave you a peek of what he was, with, like, his early Winds of Change promo, him being protégéed by Chris Jericho. You know, you added a little bit of credibility there, but it never showed what he could really do in the same way that NXT is being portrayed now. And him coming back down and facing... Arguably, the heart and soul of NXT at that point in time. It feels to me like something that could be quite interesting. Like, Wade Barrett isn't down there to necessarily win the title. He's there for revenge. He's there to put everyone else through what he went through. Because he feels like everyone else should have gone through that system like he did. And sure, maybe it isn't fully believable that he wouldn't go for the NXT title straight away, because he's from the main roster. But what makes wrestling interesting isn't necessarily all feuds being focused around the world title. It's creating these sub-feuds within it that sort of establish a far greater significance to wrestling matches. If you can make a singles match significant without the title then you've got yourself an interesting feud. You can have Sami Zayn be this person just defending NXT from this invader, so to speak. And 
you can have Wade Barrett be there and just wreck shop. Because at this point, you've got a bunch of guys who need experience working with people. You can maybe sort of start having squash matches a little bit earlier. And maybe just like how they were building Baron Corbin at that time. Just have him bullhammer guys the minute he walks into the ring. You can have Sami Zayn come out and just sort of say he's dealt with people already coming through from the main roster. And coming back thinking they can revitalize their careers. Like Cesaro and Sami Zayn at NXT TakeOver of Arrival. Like Tyson Kidd at that point. And even RVD came down for a bit. And Brodus Clay and a bunch of guys. You could really build, I think, a real compelling feud around that. Especially with Wade Barrett being the winner of the inaugural season of NXT. And it doesn't have to be this super competitive match between the guys. It can literally just be this one-off match. The face of NXT... Versus the pioneer of NXT. And that's all you'd really need. I don't know about you guys. But to me. That sounds like a pay-per-view quality feud. Even just by that tagline alone. You've got this pretty damn interesting feud. Especially with how much of an organic babyface Sami Zayn was at this point. Just imagine him just sort of. Selling so much of Wade Barrett's offense, even just sort of like in the build up to it. Plus, with it, you can build a lot of the stuff that Sami Zayn will later have in conflict in the future. Like his feud with Never, where it's just sort of like how it's all based around how he can't win the big one, and just how he doesn't really have the aggression and sort of the drive to sort of like win that championship. You can build this as a precursor to that. And him, like, eventually getting shots for the world title. Sorry, not world title. NXT title. But let us it's basically a world title for that promotion. But, yeah. With that in mind, my thought is, with this, uh, considering this is kind of a new format for kind of a thing I wasn't quite expecting to do, we're going to end it in the same way that we end all of these episodes. With just a good old bit of Fantasy Fumble. For those of you who don't know what Fantasy Fumble is. Fantasy Fumble is where I, myself, try and book the worst or weirdest feud possible. To potentially taint or ruin their careers. So, with this in mind. I am going to try and book the best or worst feud for Wade Barrett. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, three, two, one, fumble! Let the dumpster fire begin! Uh, oh god, uh, so, uh, Wade Barrett, uh, we all know him at this point, he all says, I'm afraid I got some bad news, this is all good, this is bad, so, you know what we do with that? We make it so Wade Barrett has nothing but good news at this point. Remember Heath? Remember good old Heath? Free NB Heath? The I'm just one man but now I'm a free man band? Well guess what? Heath's injured guys. That's really bad. And you know how he's injured? A really tragic attack from Kane. Jesus Christ, Kane destroyed Heath Slater. As he's going through 
from the ambulance and he's seeing the pain in his eyes, he looks over to Wade Barrett and he says to him, I may be a free man band with my fellow bandmates, but I still need a lead man to cover when I am no longer a one man band. And all he does is he passes him his jacket and he passes it over to Wade Barrett and he looks at it is carted over by the local medical facility and he says to himself I'm afraid I've got some good news weeks pass by we get several vignettes of Wade Barrett trying to get Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal to listen to his sweet rock beats trying to form the free man band to be a group a powerful group more than what they were with Heath while Heath is recovering. Of course, there's band deception. It's a new band with, he with not Heath. You know who this is, it's Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett, this ain't the band that we need. This ain't the band that we want. Your sound is so completely different to Heath. Why should we follow you? And so Wade Barrett looks to Drew McIntyre. He says to Jinder, because all I've got for you is good news. Weeks pass on by, we get several six-man tag matches with Free MB taking on, I don't know, uh, Los Matadores. That's right, Los Matadores, they got El Torito in there. And so they start having matches. Wade Barrett is struggling to get used to his new Free MB gimmick. He's trying to do the air guitar in sync with Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal. But it just won't work. He's not in sync. He's not giving the vocal harmonizers like the team would usually. And they start losing. More and more. More than they had when Heath was there. Jesus Christ. More than they had when Heath was there. How could this get any worse? Well, it could. Because it's through these things. That they start potentially breaking up the band. You see Jinder Mahal throwing away his drumsticks in backstage segments. You see Drew McIntyre starting to do his air guitar on his own. He might go solo. But what do they do? They Wade Barrett at a local pay-per-view. I don't know what one specifically. We're going to say the Royal Rumble. They're all in together as entrants these points where they say they can't trust Wade Barrett. He's got nothing but bad news. Wade Barrett, seeing his partners potentially eliminated, or nearly eliminated, stops them. Saves them with bull hammers from all these other people. I don't know, Titus O'Neil, Darren Young, uh, um, I'm trying to, let's add in a legend in there, the Hurricane. The Hurricane does not like the free man band stops them and it's in that moment of him dodging and avoiding all these people he harmonizes with free mb he becomes one with free mb because he's no longer just a free man band he is a united band with these people you have heath slater there watching on from the stands looking there clapping saying that he's proud of him he is excited for him and it is revealed at this point, 
and Heath Slater has returned from his injuries. He's come in to join It's a Four-Man Band! Then, Heath, Jinder, McIntyre, and all of the chaos of new entrants, tries to eliminate Wade Barrett. All that good news brought in bad news for Barrett, as he's nearly eliminated. Dodging various kicks from Heath, dodging the future Claymore from Drew McIntyre, and whatever Jinder does at this point, who, who really knows? And then, through all of this, even after all of that, he somehow fights, he stops them, winds of change, bull hammers, and he eliminates all three members of Free NB. They all look on at him, saying, they nod approvingly. Despite their defeat and elimination, they all hold up the Free MB signal, and they all just say to themselves, I'm just one man, but I'm a one-man band. Their elimination and their walk back to Gorilla. We look at Wade Barrett, stripping himself from the Free MB group, officially kicked out from eliminating them, and realizing in these moments he's not just Wade Barrett, he doesn't just have good news. To anyone, he only spreads bad news. Huh! So that happened! Wade Barrett as a member of FreeMB! Not my best idea! But hey, it's- it's interesting, right? No? Maybe? Hopefully so. Uh, just in general, uh, this is the part of the show where I just start saying random stuff. Uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been listening for the past four episodes. I know this is a change to the format. I hope people find this interesting. I'm probably not going to make this type of style a one-off. I don't know how I'm really going to properly structure this as like a thing. I'm thinking I might do a couple current wrestlers and then do a couple past wrestlers or I might do something else. I, I want to figure out a good format for this. I might do more past wrestlers so I can fill out some stuff because I definitely want to revisit wrestlers who I've already covered say, when more feuds develop and we get more sort of dynamics with people. But I feel like for this, this is quite a different podcast. I quite enjoyed just kind of like looking back and just kind of researching like, oh, how would this work? And would this possibly fit? I know if you guys enjoyed, please let me know. Uh, I don't know how else to really end this other than this. I, I'm still working on exits. I don't know how to work exits still. So, with that said, uh, I hope all of you have a lovely day. Uh, let's just keep enjoying wrestling. For me, there's literally, like, no other, like, form of storytelling that's told in the way that wrestling is. To a point where you can look back at a wrestler and still potentially book them in a credible position. And you can look at today and just look at where these people are and where they're going. Or where other people could have gone. And... All this other really cool stuff that you can't really do in any other form of media. And just any form of performance or creativity. And so, ending on that, 
yeah, I I really hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys have a lovely day. And remember, wrestling can always have just a little bit more fiction. See you guys.